Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Oh yeah, here we go again. It's a Thursday night around New Zealand on SENZ and this is Race Control with Stephen McIver and full-time Bathurst champion coming live via somewhere in the Hawke's Bay and that is Greg Murphy. G'day Murph. Good evening Stephen. Yes I am, I'm in the Hawke's Bay this week. Uh, not Wanaka like last week, but home. How are you feeling, buddy? It's a uh, mental health awareness week, so have, been, have you been taking care of yourself and just talk, talking to mates? We have actually been yeah. doing a bit of that, and you know, you and I have had a good chat, and um, you know, it is getting around. There's uh, lots of people talking about it on air and in various places, and uh, it's important, isn't it? Because everyone is, I think, yeah, most people are having a bit of a struggle with this whole deal at the moment. Yeah. It's just going on and on and on, and it's uh, affecting everyone in different ways. I mean, I'm in level two, you guys are in level four, three. but no, it's, we're in it's three, still, mate. We're, we're in three, oh, but it still feels like three? level four. What's well, like four? Yeah, it does. And, and so um, it's it's a struggle. And then there's a lot of other people out there that are, uh, you know, seriously doing it tough. So I think, um, you know, it's important to, to have a chat. Yeah, I think it's really important. And, and blokes, you've got to do this. It's not, it's, it's, don't yeah. have to be big and brave and say you're okay. Just go talk to a mate or whatever. And if you want to get out of level of, uh, three, Auckland, get your vaccination done, please. But anyway, busy, busy little show tonight because we've got Rookie of the Year, Scotty McLaughlin, an extended two-part interview that Murph did this morning. That's coming your way shortly and also New Zealand GT racer Brendan Leach is coming to Dusseldorf Murph uh, where he's based with us Dusseldorf Dusseldorf in Germany where he's racing in the series the International GT Open I didn't realise it was a thing until I realised that one of our guests tonight Chris Vanderdrift had uh, driven in it Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, uh, there's lots of things when it comes to motor racing and championships around the world, particularly uh, in Europe, uh, where there's stuff going on all over the place in different countries. Um, and, yeah, we've got Kiwis that have participated in all this stuff and are doing things um, in places we were unaware of as well. So it's going to be great to catch up with Brendan because he's um, he's a bit of a... Uh, an alien at the moment, all overseas and <laughs> in a way in these un, these strange strange times, trying to trying to you know uh, make a name for himself and and be that professional race car driver. So he's got a lot of support from New Zealand, a lot of support uh, as well. Yeah, it's good. I mean, he's got the same old sponsor he's had as the Dale RTM crew. Uh, he's got that on his yep. his Lamborghini, his GT3 Lamborghini. I am looking forward to around eight thirty-ish. Now talking to David Reynolds, good mate of yours, uh, Kelly Grove racing driver, who we'd love to see do better than he has. But also talk about the fact that, gee, we're close to getting back to back to back to back racing soon at Sydney Motorsport Park. Yeah, yeah, um, it's going to be interesting. Oh, hopefully, we can get hold of him. He's, he's a little unreliable oh, when it oh, comes good to work. Yeah, being on time. Yeah, I know, you know, but I'm, I've reminded him. I don't know about 17 times. So, no, he's looking forward to having a chat. Um, he, he does a has a good chat. He's got a pretty good podcast that uh, he and Michael Caruso also do over there, which is always uh, reasonably interesting. Um, below the bonnet, it is called. Um, so, no, he's always always entertaining to talk to, and has a uh, a little bit of a different uh, sort of take on most things when it comes. 
comes to motorsport. Yeah, and of course Avalon's back after eight tonight because she's got a social netball game, so she can't talk to us before eight o'clock. So we'll have to see how she went on with That's that. Very one. important. Yeah, very important. Yeah, very okay, important. so mm. break or accelerate this week. Now here's the question. Murph and I have talked about this. I'll get Murph's thoughts on it in just a moment. But for you at home, on 0800 150811 or text us to double eight double three. This week's break or accelerate question is this. Should McLaren have told Lando Norris to come in and change tyres and not take his advice of staying out because it cost him his first F1 victory? Should McLaren have overruled Lando Norris and said, come in and change your tyres? You'll win an F1 Grand Prix, but he ignored them. If you agree, that's an accelerate, right? What does an accelerate sound like? And if you disagree, it's something that uh, we don't always like doing, particularly in the wet. It is this. That's not necessarily a wet one. That's on the dry anyway. So text us your thoughts to double eight double three. But we would rather you talk to us because I know there's a lot of F1 lovers out there. So if you want to talk to us, please give us a call. 0800 150811. So Murph, where do you stand on this one? Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I've been doing a little bit of reading this week on all the opinions from uh, those that know, and and interesting to hear information out of Mercedes and Red Bull as well, and bits and pieces, and, and their different takes on it. And everyone's got a, a different way sometimes of, of managing this. But at the end of the day, um, you know, the conversation that we heard um, quite freely uh, on the coverage and some of the, you know, the, the retorts by Lando back to his team and bits and pieces, and, and also with Lewis and Mercedes. And basically Mercedes in the end said, no, you know, box, box, box this lap, Lewis. And he followed their orders rather than, you know, going about what he thought was um, staying out was the best option. You know, and he ends up winning the race. And in the McLaren side, I, I think they were a little bit soft and they trusted Lando a little bit too much with the information he had versus the weather information that they had. And also, we, you know, you know how good he is in the damp and the wet conditions. I mean, he should have been on pole at Spa. He was on pole at um, Sochi. They probably thought, you know what, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's good enough to manage this. But um, at the end of the day, uh, the weather came in and, and it was a loss. So I think, I think they should have taken control and I think they should have demanded he come into the lane. Okay, so basically... Hindsight's are, a wonderful thing, though. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but you are... Uh, what are you doing? Should they... Yeah, you are agreeing that they should have bought him in. This I'm, is by this by I'm the way is the conversation that McLaren had with Lando. Have a listen. Track very slippery from here to turn ten. Lots of cars going off. Yeah, shut up. Lando, what do you think about it, Inter? What do you think about it in Inter? No. Okay, Lando. Hamilton has taken it. He's gone to an Inter. Yes, I see. I see. We just got to commit to staying. Okay, so so that was the conversation. Uh, classic, it's so good, Matt. Yeah, I don't know. I, I actually it. felt he was a bit petulant about Love that it. one. So, uh, brake or Dude, accelerate? You don't drive. You don't drive a Formula One car. Do I you don't... know how how intense and how incredibly hard that is to do and concentrate and talk on the radio while you're driving a thousand horsepower Formula One car on the in the wet on slicks. Oh, so give him a little bit of a break. Nah, not going to double eight double three. Okay, if you agree or disagree, <laughs> it's brake or accelerate. Or give yeah. us your thoughts. Oh eight hundred one five zero. 
0811. While you're thinking about that, Please I'll pick give up, us your thoughts. While picking up your thoughts. Picking up your... Shush, Murph. While you're trying to pick up the telephone to call us, it's time to hear from the IndyCar Rookie of the Year, Scott McLaughlin's very first year in open-wheel racing, one of the most, if not the most, competitive open-wheel racing series in the world. And Murph spoke to him this morning. It's a goodie. Have a listen. Scott, mate, thanks so much uh, for joining us uh, on SCNZ Race Control tonight. Um, mate, can you believe, I can't believe that you've already finished a first full season in IndyCar and you are the rookie of the year. No, it's crazy, man. Honestly, it's uh, you know, certainly um, been been a whirlwind adventure since I left uh, Bathurst in October uh, 19. So um, in October 19, 2020, you know, since then it's nearly a year and I've got one full season under my belt, and you know we're you know been been all, all across America racing and you know all tracks that I've dreamt of for a very long time, and um, you know it's awesome to have that under the belt, and obviously to win Rookie of the Year at Indy 500, and and uh, you know the Rookie of the Year of the series, you know it was it was pretty cool, but I, I was I'm pretty satisfied with the year. Um, you know, I certainly wanted to do a couple more things, uh, maybe being you know capitalised middle of the season a bit more, but it was tough learning new tracks along the way and you know, now knowing what I've learned I'm excited for what I can take into 22 well you, you, you know you couldn't have picked really uh, a more competitive year to go and you know start a new career in a, in a new class uh, in, in a type of car that you've got you know no experience in I mean what a season in IndyCar it's just it's just growing and getting more and more popular um, it, it must be you know, you, when you look at it like that and how hard it was with some of the talent in there, you, you've got to got to give yourself a pretty good uh, pat on the back. Yeah, look, really, I'm proud of what I've done. You know, at the end of the day, the last open wheel I raced was a uh, former Ford 1600. You know, it wasn't even the Jurat one with the more power. It was literally like the the, the slow one, and uh, it certainly wasn't a wings and slick, super, you know, yeah, full on Indy car. So, um, yeah, proud of that, and, and absolutely. It's, so competitive. Um, IndyCar's in such a good spot right now in terms of, you know, the talent that the teams and, and the professionalism and, and, you know, they've got new TV deal on the line where they've got, which is a huge deal where it's on NBC, which is the main network that you get on all TV stations. It's on 16 out of the 18 times next year. So only two races won't be on there. And, and I think it's just in a good spot. And, um, yeah, look, really, really excited to be a part of that. Um, you know, I, I like I've, there's definitely been ups and downs throughout the season when I thought, geez, what, what am I doing? Like, you know, I, I could have been a lot more comfortable and you know, maybe competing against Shane in a car that I knew. But at the end of the day, this whole adventure I wanted to go on was because I'd done what I wanted to do in supercars and I wanted to really push myself and go into something completely different and in a different country. And, um, and there was going to be hard times, but really proud of how we've got through it. Not only me, but my my, my wife Carly, and and um, it's been a lot of fun. The the, the whole championship, um, you know, just the, the the I suppose the vibe around the paddock and everything with this, uh, in, um, you know, influence of all the young young drivers in there. Um, you know, it it must be giving everybody in IndyCar, and obviously uh, with uh, your boss, you know, with the the part he has to play with IndyCar now, the ownership of it. I mean, he must he must be so excited about about where that is heading. With you know the Alex Pillow obviously winning the championship the way he did this year, and 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 the the list, the Colton Herders of the world, the Scott McLaughlins of the world, the Pato Awards. Man, I mean, you guys are really building such a strong fan base, though. Too, you've actually got that attraction with the fans. Yeah, look, it's you know, it's it's so exciting because 
I think you've got you know, Pato, who's absolutely huge, um, not only in America, but in Mexico as well, where he's from. You've got Palou, Colton, um, all got, you know, already massive fan bases. And not only that, they're good too. So, you know, like that, that, that helps a lot. So you've, but then you've got Scotty Dixon, you've got your Ali Okash Nevis, you've got Simon Pagino, those guys that have been around for a long, long time as well, um, that are still, you know, they're nipping at their heels as well. So it's, yeah, and then yeah, I guess you look at you know the the, the amount of different pe- people now watching IndyCar with you know some people from Formula One with Grosjean, some people from NASCAR and now supercars. I know for for a fact with you know a lot of my fans hadn't watched many IndyCar races before and are still learning it along along with me. And um, you know I know there's a lot more people watching IndyCar these days um, because I guess I grew up down under you know racing in front of Australian New Zealand fans and. You know that they, they they take pride in that, I guess, and that's what's really exciting. The international value of the series has gone up, and 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 with the talent we've got, I think we can you know put on a really good show week in week out. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, just how close everyone and the qualifying is just nuts. Um, for you though, how hard has it been day in day out? I mean, you you have a great result, and then you go to another racetrack that's really different. You you know you have your the the success of like Texas on an oval, which was just amazing, and then you 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 go to another track and it's a, in, a, in a road course and it's a bit of a struggle. Be you know, which I suppose is a bit uh, upside down in the way we probably thought it would be. But you know, to get that single seater mindset and having to compete against drivers that you know have had a single seater focused career most of them I mean how how has that played on you week in week out knowing that you are up against it in that respect yeah look I've I've had to take a lot of information on um, in a quick period of time and I think the hardest thing that I've struggled with this year has been um, the different compounds of tyres so not only that I have the, the, the blacks and the, and the red tyres that you guys see on TV but that those change as well those compounds change you know between road course street course they also change, you know, obviously on oval. Oval is a completely different tyre. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway oval, that's a completely different tyre. So there's four or five different compounds of tyre throughout the year. And, you know, you feel like you've just got on top of it. And, and the oval was, yeah, it happened quicker than I thought. So I felt pretty confident there. But then I went to Indianapolis after Texas. And it was it took me a good day or so of practice to really get sorted with the tyre and understand how it come up to temperature and qualifying and, all that sort of stuff. That was difficult. And then it was the same thing with the road course and the street course tyre. So uh, I think what supercars didn't prepare me for was because we run a lot of lot of, lot of of sessions or a lot of weekends where it's either the soft tyre or the hard tyre. That's all we do. And, you know, sometimes we've had, you know, races in the past where we've done the soft and the hards on the same weekend and whatever. But normally we qualify on, you know, either, either the soft or the hard. We don't normally change in between the two. We've done a little bit of here, here and there. And that's one thing that I've really struggled with is, trying to trick my brain to understand the grip levels and the differences in the, in the thermal effects of the tire and understanding how to get some temperature and it's all different and um, a guys like you know Grosjean and Pato and people that have driven on you know some of the Formula 1 rubber where they've got all different compounds in that series and an F2 and yep. Formula 1 obviously like that's where their experience shines and, and I'm getting there but it's just that's what I'm missing in that last half a second or so yeah well, I mean it just looks hard uh, you look at um, you know qualifying and the limited such small amount of time that you've got in some races you know you've you've had very limited practice leading into the events and it just looks so tricky to work out and and, and obviously with a big field of cars too trying to find some space because some of the circuits aren't very long some of them are very long but some of them mm. aren't 
I mean, um, to try and get all that together, Portland, for example, that looked really tough there, trying to get yeah. that together. What a, what, a, what a place. Yeah, and the biggest thing is that they're an open wheel or big wings, you know, and, and you need the you need the clean air to you know for your for your front wing and um, to perform. Uh, and yeah, I've, I've spoken to the stewards a couple of times about they do do things a little bit different. They're a bit more relaxed on a few of the rules and stuff in terms of you know people holding you up or trying to find space or whatever. So you sort of got to hold no your own a little bit. In the, yeah, the no blue flag thing really gets on my mind, and, and, and it's like that's really annoying in some ways. And another one is also when they do the red flag, um, they have a red flag in the session, and the clock keeps ticking. It doesn't just pause; it keeps ticking down. So sometimes you end up with only twenty minutes of track time and forty-five minutes. So it's, there's a few things that are going to come up, and we've got a driver meeting coming up in December, and I've sent a few points, and I think we can be better with just from my experience with supercars. I think supercars run a really good show, um, but yeah, it's. it's there's been points through the year where I've been pretty frustrated just with you know, either getting held up or, you know, just not showing our true potential to when we could. Yeah, it was standout for me on the weekend at Long Beach, um, which, I mean, wow, you got to race an IndyCar at Long Beach, you know, one of the most iconic things. I mean, have you stopped pinching yourself from that just yet? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I mean, even just driving the track on the weekend, it's such, it's such a sick, sick track, like, and going around the fountain and like that's a proper hedge that's on the right side of you you, you know going around that roundabout there you know that's a proper like there's no wall there it's just a hedge it's just flowers so if you go through it you're going to piss off some gardener but it's certainly um a, a wild place very cool and, and lots of character yeah and, and my point i'm sorry i went, sort of went off the tangent there a bit but you know you got um i sent you a message and i said uh, you got sartoed because you got stuck behind sato and you had you had really good race speed and and you just couldn't get past him and it it really changed your race i thought yeah it for me it was the yeah, sato certainly he got around um when pato got spun he got around that incident he uh i had to go on the high line and he he got up the inside and passed about four or five cars and you know he obviously qualified for the 16th or something so he where he was racing he sort of wasn't as racy as some of the guys around him and yeah i got, I got hurt by him a lot and then whenever we tried to undercut him then you know you sort of he sort of tries to cover you there and it's just it gets pretty messy throughout the, that that point but um yeah like at the end of the day once i sort of got you know got through on a couple other guys um yeah i was able to show some really good pace i think we did like the third second or third pass of slap and like i said my my race pace all year i feel like you know at least halfway through the year has been really good it's the biggest thing for me is if i can just get through qualifying and get to like q2 just get that top 12 it just it changes my weekend so much, and we'll, we'll get there. It's just I know that we've got the pace. It's the main thing. It's just you know, just got eyes crossing the T's a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think that's. Um, I was going to mention that it, it's been quite obvious. I mean, that that race speed and, and stuff when you've been able to actually get yourself in the right right space. I mean, um, Laguna. Uh, I know you were you were yeah. pretty furious there, Laguna Seca. I mean, again, iconic racetrack, driving an IndyCar, unbelievable. Um, but um, you you were you were on there. I reckon what was like seven, six, seven somewhere around there, and then you you had that little error yeah. in the pit lane. Yeah, like that, and and again, the, the, the qualifying really bit me there. I I had an absolute blue, and um, completely, I actually pulled in a lap earlier than I should. On P two. Yeah, I pulled in a lap earlier than I should have, Murph. I thought I'd done a pretty good lap, and and I was just it was a brain fart, and and anyway, I I, I pulled in, and and that really cost us a good spot because I think we could have easily been in the top six there. Um, we were really fast there in practice, and 
felt good. But yeah, being able to come through the field and I think a little bit of my supercars um, experience coming there because it was just such a low grip track and you had to be really nice on the tyres and stuff. So that sort of come into four a little bit. But yeah, the, the, the biggest mistake there was that, that running through pit, through my pit box and yeah, threw away sort of four or five spots. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm really satisfied the last, you know, six months with my speed and racing and stuff like that. And once I changed my attitude a little bit and realised that this is going to take some time, um, you know, I actually went a hell of, hell of a lot better. So we just got to, you know, bide my time. We'll get there eventually. Scotty McLaughlin, Rookie of the Year, talking to Murph earlier on today. Two things that came out of that, Murph, for me. One, he mentioned Simon Pagano. There was a suggestion that Pagano would leave... Uh, the Penske organisation, he has done that. He's gone to Meyer Shank Racing to hook up with Elio Castroneves, and ex, two ex-Penskys in this new unit, which is now full-time, was always a part-time unit that won the Indy 500. But secondly, the maturity and his ability to say, you know what, there's some things I don't like in the driver's meeting. I've given them some suggestions. It's only my first year, but you know what, stuff you. I'm going to tell you what we need to change. And I love that about it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I hope they listen to the fact that he uh, he drives for Roger Penske and he's got some uh, sort of influence. <laughs> or Roger, there. It, it's likely some of the suggestions might get through. But you know, uh, but it's it's also the way that it's been done in America and been done in IndyCar and, and it's done in NASCAR and other forms of uh, motorsport over there for a long time. So they might not be so willing to change some of that stuff. But uh, you know, good on him for stepping up and and uh, giving his opinions. I and mean, you got to do that. All right, this is Race Control with the second part of Murph's interview with Scott McLaughlin, Rookie of the Year, is coming your way shortly. If you want to talk about Scotty at any stage, feel free to call us on 0800 150811. That's 0800 150811. Back in a moment with more from Scotty. 7.25 on a Thursday evening. That's right, we're here every Thursday between 7 and 9. And uh, good to know that uh, our mate Dave is listening out in Pihar on the SENZ app. He's just uh, downloaded it and it says the sound quality is mint. Mind you, speaking of the SENZ app, download it before Saturday because our good mate Greg Russ is going to be calling the first round of the South Island Endurance Series from uh, Cromwell, which will be very cool in Highlands, 9am to 4pm. It's going to be a big old day for our mate Rusty. Anyway, the second part of Murph's chat to Rookie of the Year in IndyCar's Scotty McLaughlin. You're a man in a hurry. You're a, you're a race car driver. You want to be successful in whatever you're doing. And and I, I would say from just, you know, listening to you and how you're sounding, you know, with with the, some of the stuff that you know could have been better, you sound pretty satisfied. I mean, Rookie of the Year is a big achievement, but you sound, you do yeah. sound satisfied with what you've achieved. And I think that's really important, right? Yeah, I think if you had spoken to me say around May or April, April, May, I, my attitude was completely different. I was, I was probably a bit more, you'd have to say in some ways arrogant to this whole thing, thinking that I was just going to get there really quickly and, or it had to happen really quickly, not realizing that, look, you know, Roger and Tim genuinely had to sit me down, Roger Penske, Tim Sindrick, and they had to sit me down and you know, just say, hey, we're, we're, it's a journey. It's going to take some time. You know, you're going to have these days and whatever. I was putting a lot of pressure on myself, you know, trying to overdo it in some ways I was you know overdriving and it actually cost me more so you know it's it's the big thing of just about setting your goals and making sure you stick to them regardless of whether you have a really good result at Texas and or you know you just want to come back and you just want to hit second every every race from that point onwards you know so it, sometimes it's not realistic at this point in my career and once I sorted that out we're a lot better yeah right. um, yeah I can't, people don't really understand the complexities and the, the mental side of, of this, in many cases, it's, it's you know, it's, it's so, even though you've done what you've done, you've achieved what you've achieved in supercars, 
it never stops, right? And you move to a new category and, mm. and all this kind of stuff. And, and it, you've got to readjust, you know, the way you think because you are in a hurry and you've had success, but it's a, it's a whole nother, whole nother game. I mean, it must be having those people like Roger and, and Tim and, and that, that might of Penske and your teammates, um, you know, you got so much resource there, right. To, to tap into. Yeah. And honestly, everyone's been great, including my teammates, you know, all three of them have been um, really you know, helpful with a lot of things. And, you know, even when I was, you know, starting to get up to speed a bit more and getting closer, they were still a full open book to me. And I know it's going to get a little bit, if we start, you know, competing a bit further up the field more often than not, but at the same time, you know, the respect is there between everyone and the resources that this team are, you know, like you said, incredible. Um, you know, we've got 500 odd people that work for us. It's a, it's a full proper factory. It's crazy. So, um, it's certainly something that I, I highly put on someone's bucket list if they're coming from New Zealand to come to Mooresville in North Carolina. It's just outside of Charlotte and go check out this Penske workshop because it's a, it's a pretty cool thing and, and something that um, you know you'd love to see. Yeah, now we, we will be there and uh, can't wait to come and and uh, have a run through it with you. Um, the IndyCar paddock. Um, I mean, just focusing on that one. I'm sure you've been in a few others, the NASCAR side of things, but space. But the IndyCar paddock looks it looks like a a, a great group of people. Um, the way you make it look, anyway. You've made some new mm. relationships there, and um, you know, obviously playing golf with Jimmy Johnson and, and Roman Grosjean seems like a good good bloke. Um, is how enjoyable is it being a part of that, that paddock? Yeah, it's, it's certainly um, yeah, blown me away how you know how everyone's been really welcoming. I think they appreciate it, like especially this year with myself, Grosjean, and Jimmy Johnson. Like you know, the eyes, that, the eyeballs that we put all across the world on this series. You know, a lot of the drivers and stuff knew that not only is that kind of be cool for the series it's going to help them eventually because at the end of the day you know more tv time you know more advertising like things just get bigger and bigger and, and eventually you know people's pay go up so everyone's pretty excited you know so it's um yeah but the, the paddock itself like everyone gets along pretty well like at, at the same time you know you have your your odd ones out or whatever but and all the people that you yep. just don't generally get along with and that's just normal but yep. for the most part there's a, there's a trust level there, I think, and that's purely from the ovals. I think you know, we know we race at like 240 side by side, wheel to wheel. You know, you've got to trust the guy next year or the girl next year, and and that's been, I think, something that I've noticed is just the trust levels between everyone's pretty high. Yeah, it's and man, you need it at that speed, absolutely. So, uh, what um, what's on for the rest of uh, 2021? Your first season's finished. We're about to roll in October. A few months left to the end of the year. Um, what's on the cards for Scotty Mack? Yeah, I'd, um, I I spoke on Scott, Sky Speed, and I, I didn't mention this, but I actually uh, I have um, just recently got accepted from a green card, so that's a good thing. So I'm now a permanent resident of the United States, which is a cool thing. Um, so I'll get that, and yeah, I'll get that in the next little bit, which will be awesome. And then um, uh, I'm gonna do it. I'm trying to do some sports car stuff potentially. Trying to do some. Daytona 24-hour races and and um, you know a few of those endurance races uh, over the off season a little bit more and um, plenty of eye racing, plenty of golf. It's going to be uh, it's a long off season for me. They're probably the longest I've ever had. I, I don't think we'll get back into the actual race car at Fury probably till you know next year. But I'll be doing um, you know all these other bits and pieces in between, trying to get myself ready and and also having a bit of a break from everything as well because it's been a it's been a pretty whirlwind year that's for sure. 
Yeah, it's been really full. Now, I suppose uh, everyone wants to know too. I mean, uh, um, Bathurst has been pushed back uh, to December and, yeah. and obviously you were mentioned and, and touted as being part of um, DJR this year as a co-driver, which sounds really weird. Um, do you, what's, your, what's your chances? What do you reckon? I mean, I, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get to Australia and get home again, so I don't know if it's harder or easier for you. Yeah, it's, it's definitely proving difficult. And the biggest thing here is as well, you know, I've had to postpone a lot of lot of sponsor engagements up till the off season because of the COVID situation. You know, Roger and Tim didn't want to risk us getting COVID potentially midway through the season, so we we're doing stuff when we're at low risk. So I'm quite busy in this off season doing PR stuff, but right now to get home, you know, with the quarantine situation, a few things, I'm, it, it just it's just proven a bit difficult, but. At the end of the day, you know, I am free to do the race. Like, the date is free for me. Um, it's just the quarantine in between or to and, and from and also the risk in terms of not potentially being able to get back to America when I need to, that, that, that's still quite high as well. So, uh, right now, it's probably like a, you know, it's like 95% sure I'm probably not going to do it. But, um, unfortunately, because I really want to get home and race in front of mum and dad and, and my sister and see everyone because I haven't seen many people for a long time and, but it's just, uh, it is what it is right now with the world. And I really can't jeopardize my career here in America for uh, sort of one race back home. And although it's a race that you know, I dearly want to do, it's just, just how it is. Yeah, no, no, it makes sense, mate. Um, I know everybody uh, listening is uh, just super proud and, and um, it's been, it's been a, you've made it an awesome year um, for uh, motorsport fans over there and what you're doing. So uh, we appreciate your time and um, good luck for what uh, is coming up. And also we cannot wait to see you back in that, uh, that Indy car again in 2022. Yeah, thanks, Murph. And uh, thanks to all the Kiwi fans back home because, you know, I had a lot of support on social media and stuff throughout the year. So, um, yeah, looking forward to getting back home potentially and racing there again. But um, until then, um, looking forward to uh, next year for sure. So are we. Uh, Scotty McLaughlin, IndyCar Rookie of the Year in 2021, uh, probably surpassed many expectations by getting the rook, IndyCar Rookie of the Year, Murph, but uh, probably didn't surpass his own expectations of being further up the field. But I don't think people realise how tough it is going from tin tops uh, to open wheels, and particularly in that series. Yeah, uh, completely, mate. I mean, it's it's... I don't know how to really put it into words to to explain the two. And I think that his transition has been um, just amazing. I think uh, if you talk to the people that he's been competing against and the teams that he's up against, they'd be uh, pretty blown away by by his performance as a whole and, and, and that adaption to a very, very different motor car. So, you know, it's, you know, we know we are fans and I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of other fans out there and um, it's just a full appreciation of, of the effort required and, the, and also that focus. I mean, he's fully committed to it. And, um, you know, that's why, Pinsky uh, took him over yeah. there and, and have given them given him that opportunity because they know how committed he is to to succeed. Actually, the whole series, uh, the, the IndyCar, big, the big show might be over, but there's still uh, Indy Pro, uh, USF 2000, there's Billy Fraser from USF 2000 and Hunter McElroy, who's the hottest driver going to the last round, having won two of the past five races. That wraps up in mid-Ohio this weekend, so you got to cross your fingers for Hunter. I, think he's, I don't think he's a chance to win, but he could really push because we know he wants to go to Indy Lights next year. 
Yeah, but uh, he, he likes that track. He goes, he, he's already proven his performance there, and, and so it's a favourite of his, and, and I'd expect he's... Uh, uh, we spoke to him on Sky Speed a few weeks ago, and, you know, his positivity and his belief in himself of what he's capable of achieving, and he knows that... Um, uh, he's good enough to, to take that next step. I mean, the, the big thing, um, and speaking to his dad as well, the biggest uh, problem's going to be, as it always is, is, is who's going to pay for it. And it's a very expensive process, over a million US to go and do Indy Lights next year. It's, it's a pile of cash. All righty, let's move on. <laughs> let's let's, let's go from open wheels to tin top. Shortly, we're going to Dusseldorf in Germany. Brendan Leach live here on Race Control. on Race Control on a Thursday evening. That's the music that Murph gets into his car every morning and winds up whatever he is driving. I think it's that Jaguar SVR. Jaguar says, yeah, baby, I'm good to go. Well, we are good to go all the way to Dusseldorf in Germany. And it's Guten Morgen to Brendan Leach. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. How are you? Yeah, we we are, are good. Now, the word on the street is you, you binge your, your GT3 Lamborghini at the last one, and now you've been told you have to clean the damn thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, so that's the that's the task this morning. I've been I've been handed. So now cleaning all the bodywork at the moment. I just um, yeah had a had a small moment at, at 200 k's an hour, and the car aquaplaned and um, yeah I went flying off into the gravel trap. Bit of a, a rookie error, but. Um, yeah, well, um, we'll be fine. On to the next one. Are, are you, is it the is it inside the cockpit, maybe in the seat that you're cleaning out, or after turning yeah, yeah. going off, or yeah, yeah, it was a bit like that. It's um, it's pretty. It's the first time I've gone off at that speed. It's definitely um, an interesting feeling, that's for sure. Where were you? Where were you? We need to sort this out. So you're racing in this series called uh, the International GT Open. It's a, a racing series in Europe. So uh, how many races are you doing and how competitive is this? So for this year, it's been kind of a, a learning year. So Lamborghini have, have said, like, look, well, let's do a, a mixture of races, give you some experience on different tracks and different championships, um, and which sort of works with your schedule the best. So I've been doing a mixture of events the first event for me was the Hockenheim 12 hour with the 24H series so um which is yeah a, a big race a long a long race uh, first endurance race for me properly um outside of New Zealand and then um I went on and did another round of of uh, British GT at Spa and then uh ABAC GTC which is the tier 2 of GT Masters which was our Hockenheim again and then last weekend was GT Open International GT Open and Monza which was uh, yeah, pretty phenomenal experience. I think uh, the whole field there was 18 or 19 GT3 cars, um, a couple of factory cars, lots of factory drivers, and um, we were probably you know my expectations were reasonably high probably, but uh, we we ex- exceeded them in, on the first day for sure, and we're in the top five, um, which was which was crazy, and uh, second out of five Lambos, so it was. It was it was an awesome, awesome weekend and and a lot to, a lot taken away from it. But then, unfortunately, on Sunday I I made an error after a couple of things didn't go quite right in the race and I was just pushing a bit harder than I should have been and and uh, unfortunately ended in the in the gravel. So so tell us also how how it all works. I mean, 
Mate, I've got to say, I'm very jealous. You're getting to drive those cars um, on those tracks. Must be just spectacular. Hockenheim, and you're racing at Monza, and you've been to Spa. Just awesome. Very jealous. But how does this all work? You're in a Pro-Am set up there with uh, Tyler Cook. Tell us how that all works. Yeah, so um, with GT3 racing, they have a couple of different categories. So you have a Pro category, which is for two Pro drivers. You have a pro-am category, which is for a pro driver and an am driver. And in this case, they call me the pro, but I don't know how much experience I really have um, compared, to, <laughs> compared to some of the others. But that's all right. We'll um, get on with it. And then uh, they have a, also an amateur class, which is for two um, amateur drivers. So um, generally, it might be a, gen- a gentleman driver, so um, a professional uh, businessman or something that really likes to race and, and wants to have a bit of fun. They have a bit of spare, spare money lying around that they want, they want to use up. So... They'll um, get themselves a car and jump in there and have some fun as well. So it's pretty good. There's a big variety of, of driving levels out there on the track. Half the field are, are rapidly fast, and then half, you're, you're not really too sure uh, what to expect when, you, when you're closing in on them. Driving this Lambo, uh, how, how hard are they to drive in a GT3 spec, and, and are you getting better as a driver? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, learning, learning a lot this year. You know, you think after... Well, how many 10 years of, of racing cars now that you'd know most things that you should but you know I'm still getting um, getting my air chewed off by the engineer for, for doing the wrong technique and the braking which is something I'm trying to work on at the moment from jumping straight out of formula cars into GT cars it's something completely different I'm sure Murph knows all about all about that after the Grand Prix this year but um, yeah it's 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 a difficult car to drive there's a lot of tools inside the car you can use the ABS so the anti-lock braking system, it has a special system in there that can change the amount of uh, slip on the front axle or the rear axle, and you've got your brake bias to change the, the percentage of brake on the front or the rear to help the car get into the corner, which is the same like like any race car. But, yeah, the ABS is something I'm um, having to get used to and, and using that as a tool every lap as well. Mate, um, uh, you're a long way from home. I mean, uh, the commitment is, is huge to head away in these uh, funny, strange times. H- how's that all been, you know, dealing with the travel and in and out? What's what's happening over there? How do you how do you feel uh, that's all, all playing for you? Yeah, it's quite interesting, really. When I first uh, arrived over here, it was it was quite a uh, an airy sort of situation. Um, arriving at the airport, at Dusseldorf Airport was, you know, it's a big international airport and. The only people in the airport were one or two um, people on security, and then uh, the, the 30 people on our on, on the flight from from Dubai, which was uh, you know one of those hu- humongous planes that can can have three or four hundred people on there, and it was not even 10% full. So it was a bit strange in the beginning, but for sure over a few months after that, it started to become a bit more normal, and things started to open back up again. And you still have to wear you know, a mask uh, when you go into a restaurant or something like this when you first work, walk in the door. But once you're seated and things, it's it's actually pretty good. Um, uh, there's some form of normality now. And, and, you know, just driving to work this morning and seeing so many cars on the road, everybody's out. It, it's completely normal in that sense. And and it's yeah, it's quite nice to, to see people out walking around on the streets without masks. And it feels, it feels as close to normal as I think it will feel for a while. But um, it's definitely, it's not quite like New Zealand, I think. 
Yeah, well, we don't know. Uh, hard to understand what it might be like over there. But, hey, mate, uh, just quickly, uh, what's next? And then also you don't get over there to do what you're doing without a, a lot of help and a lot of support from a lot of people as well. Just uh, you might want to give them a mention. Yeah, absolutely. No, I have some uh, amazing sponsors and supporters from New Zealand and, and Dale ITM. Obviously, my, my major sponsor has been um, with me for, for a very long time and, and so so thankful to have them support me the way they do, uh, along with Giltrap Group and Lamborghini Auckland as well. So super thankful for, for their support and, and, yeah, may it continue. So uh, into next year, we already have confirmed our plans um, to, to begin the year, starting off at the Dubai 24-hour in January. Um, bit of a, uh, a oh, sort of a, I don't know, kickstart for the year to get some more mileage and get things underway. And then we get straight into the GT World Challenge Endurance Championship um, which obviously is, is is quite a prestigious championship as we head to Spa 24 Hour. I think is the biggest event we do, and um, yeah, really looking forward to to getting underway with with all the preparation for that and, and lots of testing and things that come with it. It's something I'm not quite used to, but uh, really really enjoying the challenge and um, and all the mileage in the car for sure. Mate, we couldn't be happier for you, and we're super thankful that you spent some time on your morning cleaning your Lambo for us. <laughs> Inside and out. Oh, oh mate, you yeah, got to think yeah. about, it, don't you? You know, you may you may be a flash GT driver, but you still got to do your chores. Hey, Brendan, thanks so much, yeah. and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Our feet are saying, our friend. Good luck, mate. Good luck. Awesome. Thank you very much. Here you go, Brendan Leach and the Leapert Motorsport GT3 Lamborghini. It's seven forty-eight. This is race control. Murph and I are going to have a gas and check on brake or accelerate in just a moment. Stick with us. Da, 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 boom, da, da. 7.52, this is Race Control around New Zealand, wherever you're listening, whatever frequency, or on the SEN Zap, Zap, SENZ app, download it because you can listen to uh, Kiwi <laughs> Motor Race. What's that? You'll get there. Yeah, I know. Thanks, buddy. Uh, it's still fresh, man. Zap. Zen Zap. Uh, download the app. You'll hear our good mate Greg Russ this weekend, Saturday, 9 a.m. to 4.30. First round of the uh, Endurance Series, the South Island Endurance Series, which has a mega, mega field. He is going to be one very lucky. busy lad. How exciting, though, right? It's lucky. I mean, it's lucky he likes talking, right? Yeah, mate, he does He does love a chat. He does love a chat. Uh, mind yeah. you, we're going to thank you a little bit here, too, because you were the one that got onto our mate Sam, and Austin said, mate, we should put this on SCNZ, and, uh, man, they jumped on it like a red rag to a bull, which is which is really cool. Hey, speaking of Kiwi news, I was really happy to see that Chelsea Herbert, now, you remember she she yep. bro- basically broke her back in Teratonga. It's, gosh, it's last year. I can't believe it's last year in a, in a TRS coming out, getting ready for the no, warm-up. That was two years ago. Was that two years ago? Yeah, man. I can't remember. Gee, has time gone? Or is it longer? Uh, no, no, so no, it no, could no. Even be long. no. I think uh, 2020 season. Yeah, yeah. 2020 that's... season. All yeah. oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Anywho, yeah. Uh, she's uh, going to race this yeah. uh, growing uh, Best Bars Toyota 86 Championship with one of three Heart of Racing cars. Super excited for her. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, she uh, was very, very determined to, you know, to make uh, her mark. Uh, racing cars and uh, she was in the very very competitive TRS championship and unfortunately um, a very small incident uh, which should really have not uh, done any damage to her but uh, she went off at Teratonga uh, warming up the tyres in slippery conditions and, and hit the uh, the side of the track there earth tyre 
filled bank, which is mm. another point. Which you don't that, like. Um, yeah, we know you don't like that. Yeah, you don't get me going on. We won't uh, start which, which actually was Which actually caused the damage. Um, yeah. If it had been something else, she would have been fine. So she's had a, a long recovery and and uh, just awesome to see that announcement. Uh, was it? I think it was today. That, well, yeah. Um, yeah she's it's been in the works for a couple of months. Oh, we know it's been in the works the for a couple of racing. months. The Heart of Racing. Yeah, and the Heart of yeah, Racing. Heart of Racing run by International. Yeah, yeah. International so that's, that's really cool. It's great. It, it is very cool. Now, look, uh, you know, we're, we're fans of Hayden Patton and his ongoing pursuit to have uh, an electric rally car, of which, yes, I have been in an electric rally car at Repco Battle of Jacks Ridge last year. But how about this, Murph? Uh, the sporting director of Renault Sport Racing, Benoit Nogier, quote, the future of rally cars is not even hybrid. It's clear that in the future, all sports cars available will be electric. In 2025, we must be ready to homologate and welcome full electric cars on rallies. Wow. Hate to be going, yes, please, but can we make it a bit sooner? Mm, I don't know where I want to go with that. Oh, all right. We won't go anywhere. Oh, wow. Not not the reaction. I don't I, don't, I, don't, I think old mate. I think old mate needs to uh, give himself an uppercut personally, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> this is Race Control. Stuck in first gear with Murph on electric once again. I'm in, I'm in top gear, mate. <laughs> I am in top gear and pulling away. Stick around. Chris Vandertriff coming your way. Avalon Biddle and David Reynolds, supercar driver. All between eight and nine right here on Race Control. On the home of motorsport, this is SENZ. on a Thursday evening with uh, Stephen and Murph uh, nationwide and around Australia if you're listening on the SEN app or if you're on the SENZ app you're listening through here in New Zealand this is Race Control surely going to talk to Chris Vandergriff and Murph just checking in on the break or accelerate question today uh, should McLaren have told Lando Norris to come in to change tyres and not taken his advice which cost him the F1 victory and there is an overwhelming agreeance that you are on, you are on point there's a huge accelerate number coming in saying yes they should have they should have told him what to do so someone's listening to you well that's that's a good sign <laughs> and and, that, and that's I don't, that, I don't think I don't think people are listening to me mate I think it's uh, I think that's just uh, probably what everyone would expect from a formula 1 team but hey uh, you know uh, they also I suppose, want to make sure that their drivers are seen to have, uh, play their part as well. Yeah, I know. And i got to say, I, I'm, I'm a big Ricardo fan. Uh, I'm a big yeah. McLaren fan, so I was pretty happy that he actually came home in P4 and it's starting to get results because after watching that last episode or that last series of Drive to Survive on Netflix, I was gutted for him. You know, the way things Renault fell over and he, they, they didn't want him to go. And then obviously McLaren threw some coin at him too, but he's, he's cool. Very, very cool. Okay, this weekend, round one of the South Island Endurance Series, a three-hour and two one-hours. You're going to be able to hear that live on the SENZ app. It's a pop-up channel on the app, so just download the SENZ app and then look at the pop-up and away you go. All righty, Greg Rust, our good friend, bloody great caller too of motorsport, will be calling all the action uh, from Highlands in Cromwell. One of the men driving is probably one of the, we've said this before, Murph, Chris Vandergriff would be one of the most underrated drivers going around. But when you look at his resume, you know, he started out in open wheels. He was the 2008 Formula Masters champ. He's won Porsche Career Cup Asia three times. He's the current TCR champion. He's done it, done it all. And, I mean, he came second in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo Asia Series. And he's in a Nissan GTR. 
uh, our good mate Lance Hughes from, I think it's the Hamilton Ashfields GTR this weekend. Hello, mate. How's that for an intro? Do you like that one? Hey. How you going? Good, man. Good. Sounds good. Sounds good. You got the Lambo wrong. I won that one as well. Uh, oh, well, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, all right. Okay. Uh, no, I can take that one on the chin. Well, there's too many. Yep. There's too much stuff on there, mate. You're just, yep. you're like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just, just selling yourself all over the place. Wherever they'll take you, you go. Yeah, a bit of a racing car um, bike, eh? Hey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, round one of the South Island Endurance Series this weekend. Uh, you and Lance back out. Uh, how's the how's the Nissan? Has uh, it settled down after the, the North Island Series? You got everything tweaked nicely for this first round? Yeah, it's actually like I suppose it's been a big gap now to this one. So we, I mean, this like, feels like last season, and we've had a bit of a tune up with the car and fixed a few things and sent the shocks away to Aussie to get O3 built and stuff like that. So we. Had a, had a few laps in Hampton um, last week in it, and it feels really nice. So looking forward to getting back in it, really. What a bonus, eh? Um, just being just to the south of uh, of Auckland, you'll be able to go testing. I mean, what a – wow. You're so lucky. What a luxury. Just just, just missed that little one, eh? So, um, I mean, yeah, for us down here, it'll be a good points haul weekend, I think. So, like, all the big dogs can't make it down. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you're missing out, Murph, too. I know, mate. I, I, I'm seriously disappointed about it. And I know Shane Helms is uh, probably more disappointed than what I am. And there's a bunch of, obviously, uh, others above the border there that um, are missing out on Because, I mean, Highlands is, is spectacular, isn't it? I mean, in a, and in a GT car, um, it is so much fun. Yes, exactly. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And my first experience was this year, actually, in a TCR car. So I can't wait to get one of those good photos over the bridge getting four wheels off the ground. <laughs> yeah, well, the TCR car, this wasn't as fast as your GT car, so you probably have to take it a little bit quieter. But, you know, you hop in something and you're instantly successful. Uh, 3R, are you going to do the 3R or the or one of the 1Rs? Because they've, they've split the 1R no, into two races. Hour. Yeah, we've done the 3R. Oh, OK. So how's your mate Lance? Has he found some speed? Yeah, no, he's, he's going well. Man. Like, um, he's pretty close. He get within sort of uh, under a second from me um, at some of the tracks up at Pookie and, and whatnot. So... I think it'd be on, on fighting form down here. He knows the track anyway. He's probably driven down here more than me, actually. So I, I think it should be all right. Mate, what's, um, what else has been happening in your world? I mean, uh, you've got a, a, a karting business you've set up, and, and that's probably had a bit of an effect of, of late as well. I mean, we've talked previously about the fact, uh, you know, the COVID sort of stifled your your run overseas and your aspirations to do other, other um, you know, motorsport overseas. And you're back here now, and you've, you've settled down, and, and you've got uh, that business up and running. Just tell us what you've been up to. Yeah, so I've been, I mean, probably in that sense, um, for the racing side, not so good, but for the karting side, for the business side, that's been good. I've um, been forced to stay here, so I've had to, had to put a whole lot of time into that and make sure it sort of sort of works. So um, that's been getting busier and busier, but yeah, now the last sort of month, it's um, died off again and sort of waiting. All the races we had planned were postponed or, or have been cancelled, so we're just waiting until hopefully next month they kick off again, and then I think it'll be pretty bookend sort of end of the season, really. Um, together with the with the racing down here in the South Island, um, but otherwise, that, you know, that Harding side's going really good, and it's a, more of a passion for me because that's how I started off and had so many years in doing that. So it's cool. I'm, I'm trying to help some younger kids, and we're setting up an academy program with Hamden Downs that we've, we've had one run already before COVID stuff. So um, just getting some cool things going, and hopefully over summer we get that that ball rolling more. So 
that'll keep me busy over that side of it. And I get to drive again too sometimes doing karting, so that's always good fun. Chris, it's quite obviously you have a talent behind the wheel, so there, there must still be so much you want to do. I mean, is there a medium to long-term plan for you personally? Um, yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, at the moment, I mean, I've lost probably two years now of driving where, where I, was, I was doing a whole lot of stuff in Asia and, and quite busy there. Like the last season I did, I did a career cup season. I did a GT3 season with the Blank Man Series, which is the GT World Challenge now. And, and I did um, the Lamborghini Trofeo, which took me to Europe as well. So, I mean, that was three seasons in, in one. And now you've gone from that to nothing. Um, it's kind of like it's nice to be home, but I sort of miss the travelling part of it too. So I'm looking forward to getting on the plane and going somewhere again. Um, definitely, I, I think doing Le Mans and, and the WEC style championship, I'd love to do that and, and do that as a bit of a bucket list. Um, I'll have to just see if we can make that happen somehow. Yeah, see, see what, what I'm intrigued with, and, and, this, and you can answer this any way you want, you know, doing the, all these series, can you make a living out of it? Because you hear so much about people having to take coin to race anywhere, to, to buy a race seat. Is, is Chris Vanagriff able to make a living out of it? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough question. I mean, you get by. Um, it's a different story when you kind of... I've been I'd probably be more freelance. So I've, I've had the, the um, opportunity to go and drive different stuff kind of when I wanted to, where I wasn't locked into some certain things where... But then you don't get the the price tag that goes with being locked into something. So um, it's probably paid, you know, both ways in that sense. But, um, yeah, I'm sort of a free agent is what it is now. Um, I I hope to think my results and my experience and stuff will get me more drives later on as well. Um, So I'll just have to bank on that, hopefully. Hired gun, Murph. Yeah, no, no, there he is. What about now? Um, obviously, you've got a, a young family um, that has come yeah. along since you've uh, been stuck back here in, uh, in New Zealand. That's got to uh, change the thinking a little bit about um, the future and, and what that holds. Yeah, that's all, all new to me. So not being so selfish, I suppose. Um, so living the yeah. living the travelling life, and so that that's been good actually. I've got massive brownie points being stuck here in New Zealand because <laughs> I've been there through the whole pregnancy, the whole birth, and the whole like fourteen months of my first child. And actually, I got another one on the way now, which oh um, wow, has kind of come oh, out of the way. So that, that's that's some exciting news. So we've got a girl, and and hopefully this one's a boy. So and then we can stop. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's quite cool to be here now. And, it's, yeah, it is a different stage in life and kind of growing up and, mm. and being an adult. But, um, yeah, still, still, I think when we get that out of the road um, and then we can start travelling again and, and do that when, when everything else is settled down. The um, uh, I just want to go back to the karting thing. I mean, you're, you're very close to it at the moment. And we all know, uh, being that we've uh, grown up in that space and attached to the motorsport world, that karting is, is you know, pretty much the be-all and end-all of the starting in that process of of learning to, to drive and, and become a race car driver. Um, what are you seeing yeah. in New Zealand in that space at the moment, mate, as far as uh, talent and and um, have we still got uh, a big long list and of uh, potential superstars coming through? Yeah, there there is heaps of guys which have got tons of talent, and um, it's just funneling it, I guess, when the later stage that they don't get lost in the system, I suppose, and 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 making the right choices going overseas and. Um, doing the right things, I suppose, afterwards. And I, I race now in the cutting, and these, these kids that are half my age and kicking my ass. So I have to I have to really put my guns down and, and try my hardest to kind of do a good job. And you can see, like, these, these guys are really hungry, and, and I've got um, 
you know, good backing behind them. So I'm sure they'll go far. It's just tricky now to take that talent and, and go overseas because of the dribbling at the moment. So hopefully none of that sort of impacts some of the drivers that miss out on some opportunities to go overseas and, and, and you know, uh, engage in the, the experience over there and, and learn more. Why was it that you never continued on with open wheels? Budget. Oh. It was, um, yeah. I probably, like, I I had the Formula One dream. I was going for that. I had a manager at the time, and, and it was kind of all set in stone, and it was going that way. And then I had my big my big crash, and that kind of reset a lot of stuff. And I after that, I sort of did my own thing and, and managed myself a bit and had some people helping, and I did bits and pieces. Um, and it was just basically budget in the end. Like, you could only do it so far. Um, and then I, me and I made the switch over to GT cars and, my first thing out of single seaters was to go to GT3 cars, and it was it was at the very first beginning of McLaren when they started with the 12C. So I was involved with the development a lot of that at the beginning, and that sort of helped, um, you know, springboard me into other championships and bits and pieces. And then after a few years of GT racing, um, I went into with Porsche and did a lot of stuff with Porsche, which I'd never done and sort of been to that until until recently. Um, but I mean, it's just yeah, it's a different a different type of racing. I really do miss single seaters and even driving the the, um, the Grand Prix at the start of the year. That was so cool to be back in a single-seater and, and racing properly because I think the last time I, I had a single-seater race was 2012 in um, Auto GP, which was actually the old A1 GP cars, um, which had been modified and a bit faster than what they were then, but um, it was just great to be back in one. What about supercars, mate? Has that ever been something on the list? Have you actually have you ever driven one? I don't know, uh, know if you yeah, have yeah, well, so, yeah. uh, That's... That's always been a, a thing. I still want to get over there and do supercars. Yeah. Um, so I did actually with Erebus in 2016. Um, there you go. Jeez, that how bad's my memory? memory? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah, there you go. There you <laughs> Shocker. Go. Um, so I, I, was comment- I was probably there. commentating. I mean, yeah, you would have been. You would have been. Would have uh, been. That's um, terrible. But no, that, was, that was good. It was a good run, but a bad run. I mean, it all came about sort of a week out from the first round. I'm yep, at Sandown, and right. I sort of put, I was yep. in Europe then, and I came over, and it was kind of, yeah, sort of, not in the deep end, but uh, yeah, the equipment probably wasn't wasn't ideal at the situation and bits and pieces. But anyway, it was a good time. Um, I still want to get in and have a crack in a proper car and have a real good um, private again, really. So the mm. first round of the South Island Endurance Series this weekend. Uh, what are the expectations? Knowing you're up against a lot of Porsches. Yeah, um, I think we should be all right. I think the pairing between me and Lance was quite good um, for that side. So I'm, we're just going to go hard and, and try and win this one. We, we came close a few times last year. We were sort of underpowered, against, especially against the Aston and, and some of the Audis. But some of our, our, our strategy calls worked out quite good. But I crashed one round, which wasn't ideal at, at Bookie. Um, <laughs> caught me out. Um, we remember. And yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that was the great, yeah, quote. Was a great quote from Lance. Oh, don't worry. It'll buff out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so lucky it did buff out. It wasn't too bad, but um, we got all the bits again. And yeah, we had some other dramas, hand and downs. We had no brakes in the end, so we sorted that those issues out. So I think we're, we're stronger in that sense and, and better prepared now. Um, so yeah, we just got to go and, and do the best we can and, and try and get a good points for. Gremlins, the gremlins are all out, mate. We we wish you the best of luck this weekend. And uh, uh, say good day to Lance for us. So hopefully we'll be able to catch up with you either round two or maybe round three if we can get out of this blimmin' uh, level three up here, okay? If they let you out. 
<laughs> Have a good one, bro. Thanks, mate. Yeah, cheers, guys. Cheers. Chris Randedrift driving with Lance Hughes in the Hamilton Ashfield's uh, GTR. I think it's the only GTR in the field this weekend, Murph. But, uh, you know, I when you look at what he's done and you listen to how, what he has done, when he tells you about it, he is one of the most underrated drivers we have, and he's a Kiwi. It's, just, it's such a good story. He's a journeyman. I mean, and, and he's still so young. Um, journeyman? But he's achieved journeyman? so much. We do, is that well, harsh? he just does everything. He, he'll right. go anywhere and do anything. And he, and it's um, you know, and, and he can drive anything. He is spectacular. What he did in the Grand Prix and the TRS cars uh, at the beginning of the year, how fast he was there. You know, it's just it's he's another another Kiwi superstar race car driver that um, has has been out there doing the job. What I would give for a an inch of a tiny bit of the, of the talent that he has in his little pinky finger to be able to do what he's done. This is race control Thursday nights around New Zealand and Australia if you're listening on the SEN app or SENZ app. Uh, hello to you. Coming next, we go to the Deep South that is, yes, in level two like Murph. We go to Christchurch and talk motorbikes, two wheels with our good mate Avalon Biddle. Stay with us here on SENZ. 819 with race control. I wouldn't mind it being around the other way, Murph. I would happily have won one for Bathurst, but because I'm so incredibly good looking, I just have to deal yeah. with that, right? And give up and give up all those looks. I know. That's, I, hey, I tell you what, that's a, that's a big swap. I it mean, is a cross you. that I have to bear. I it think is. it doesn't come yeah. out of Zoolander. I just can't help being so really, 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 really oh, good looking. No. Okay. Oh, what have we done? <laughs> Move on. Love, love me a good movie. Avalon Biddle joins us now. Time to talk to us. Do you like Zoolander? <laughs> I could not quote the movie like that, no, but well done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, so how well done was your social netball tonight? I'm pretty good. We won, actually. Good, thanks. Yep, my um, ball skills or hand-eye coordination with a ball was not great, but um, probably to be expected from from a motorbike racer. So, I, I'm suggesting yeah, the, team, the team carried us through. I'm suggesting you're either a centre or wing attack because there's no way you're tall enough to be a goal shooter you, or a goal are defender. You, are you aggressive? Are you are you angry? Are you an angry you know um, netball player? Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I don't have height on my side, as Stephen kindly mentioned, so I've got to have something. Actually, <laughs> I, I reckon, Murph, I reckon Avalon would be really super competitive, and I wouldn't mind yeah. saying the odd elbow elbow would come out, you know, even on a netball court, because social sport Well, they come out on the bike. Dirty. They come out on the bike. Yeah, absolutely, come out on the bike. Well, if, you, if you're riding the British Superbikes, elbows do come out. They've had the first round of the showdown. Taryn McKenzie out of, is, is sitting at the top of the pile, and uh, he had a great weekend. Jason O'Halloran didn't because he binned it a couple of times. And then you, and who didn't have a great weekend as well was also our old mate um, Josh Brooks. But Tommy Bridewell won both races on the Sunday. Now we're at Donington Park, Abby. What sort of track can they look forward to here? Oh, I love Donington. I really do. It's fast, flowing circuit, um, which we've seen, as you mentioned previously, we've seen carnage at um, this year already in BSB. Those fast, flowing circuits like Silverstone and, and Donington mm. should uh, give riders a bit of space and uh, there shouldn't be so much elbow action, but there has been. <laughs> um, and Donington is really, really slippery, particularly in the wet. So, um yeah, it'd be interesting. I think we're going to see those um, same players up there. O'Halloran, obviously, is going to be uh, having to ride a bit more sensible this weekend. Um, and, I, and, you know, that's got to affect you mentally when you've had such a strong season and then you go chuck it down the road twice 
uh, really when it counts. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting how he reacts to that and uh, how he holds himself up. Now, let's uh, move on to World Superbikes. What did you think of the weekend's racing? Your mate, Top Rack, getting it done, both races. Got a little bit more of a championship lead. It was a pretty stunning performance. Absolutely. World Superbike is not disappointing. Did you hear that? I did. I did. Absolutely. Oh, goodness. She's in love. (laughs) 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 He's a great rider. She's gone. She's gone. (laughs) Pull it together, girl. Pull it together. (laughs) I'm thoroughly enjoying the battle between the two of them, to be honest. Um, I'm really enjoying seeing Jonathan Ray ride the wheels off that bike. Uh, He's having to dig deep. And um, both of them are just so tenacious. Like, man, they are um, putting in some stellar rides there. And it's kind of unexpected. Like, where you think Ray would be strong, Top Rack has. And then where you think uh, Top Rack should go really well, uh, Ray's, you know, managed to get the better of him. So... Um, yeah, such an exciting battle there. And I actually watched the race again during the week. And I could not believe Bautista. Um, when you yeah. take a good look at how hard he rode that Honda, did you see, like, some of the moments that he was having, well, he, mm. he was losing like a second by making a massive mistake and then climbing, clawing it all back within the same lap. Um, so, so, so how... Super impressive. Sorry. So how how then is he managing to do that and not fall off? Is, is the bike not is not obviously perfect yet? But to to be able to do that, he's he's clearly got some sort of confidence somewhere in it to be able to to put it on the line like that and and feel I suppose a little bit comfortable comfortable that he isn't going to throw it down the road. Yeah, he's had a bit of a spark of motivation, hasn't he? Like. I mean, we know that he's a fantastic rider, absolutely outstanding. Um, and I guess just having years and years of experience, particularly in MotoGP under your belt, you can't slack off, you know. And you can have times when the bike isn't working well underneath you and a lack of grip and that sort of thing can slow you down. But you can never stop riding hard. And I think they've just managed to find a few things on the bike where he's comfortable to push that hard. Um, mm. And, yeah, it's really made a difference in the pace, as we as we can see out there. We talk every weekend about Top Rack Ratzaglioglu against uh, Mr. <laughs> this is six time, six time, Jonathan Ray. Where is the difference this year? Is it is it how Top Rack is approaching his riding and taking the challenge to Ray? Yeah, probably an age thing. I mean, he's he is pretty young, so um, it's it's probably you know just time now that he's coming right. Um, top Rack, he's you know he hasn't had the years in the sport that Jonathan Ray has, so. Um, I think he's he's got that talent there, and he's just needed time to settle in. And, he, and he's found a team that he's really comfortable in, and he has uh, Keenan Safoglu in his corner, providing a huge amount of support. Um, Keenan is like really amazing what he does for all those Turkish riders. I know in my time there, uh, he's got a contingent of people who support Keenan, and then Keenan supports them in return. And it's pretty amazing to see um, that support that they get. And I think Top Rack's really thriving with that and, and, and is making a difference. 
All right, let's go to MotoGP um, because we love MotoGP. Sorry, yeah. Murph, uh, because we're at the Circuit of the Americas. No Maverick Vinales on the Apria this mm. coming weekend because he is still getting over the fact that he, he lost his uh, his cousin, Dean Berta Vinales, in the Superbike round, the young 15-year-old who sadly passed away at a race incident. So he's out of there to can't really continue the development on the on the old Apria. But, you know, Quattawaro is the man to beat. His lead's enormous. Yeah, <laughs> it absolutely is. He's got um, a massive lead in the championship and he's been riding so well this season. Um, you, you have to agree that he deserves to win the championship, Quattararo, but uh, it is MotoGP and anything can happen. Going to the circuit of the Americas, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Marquez goes. We know that that's the circuit he's always strong at. Um, and Saxon Ring being the other circuit that he normally goes well, and he won there this year. So um be really interesting to see what Marquez can pull out of the bag this weekend. And I think him and Cordero are probably going to end up in, in a battle. Oh, oh, I like, oh, I like that, don't you, Murph? Well, there's going to be a battle. Yeah. There's definitely going to be a battle. Um, they have not let us down all year. Um, I just hope that uh, Pico uh, can continue that. I, and I think he will. I, I, I don't know. He's oh, managed yeah. to find something with, with that um, Ducati, and it seems to now uh, turn um, the way he needs it to. Um, I, I mean, I hope Jack Miller actually finds some speed because we're sort of missing uh, his personality up the front there and someone that actually speaks you know English properly that we can understand. <laughs> but, um, you know, I... I, I I think wow. I think Pico is. A, I just I love the way he rides and and that smile on his face with success. Just he's in, he's loving it, enjoying it. So, you know, I yeah. Who knows? We can't pick it. You can't pick MotoGP. You can't. Well, it's, it's... no, no. You're quite right. A, a fun fact for you, Avalon. Fun fact: um, two days ago. So what is today? Tu- on Tuesday, it was 13 Tuesday. years uh, since Rossi wrapped up his eighth world title at Batigi. <laughs> wow. Thirteen years. Okay, just Man, that's, not, that's not, not the sort of reaction I expected. Really, I thought it might be a bit more of a fun fact. All right, um, so that's a shock. Well, you got you hopping back on that MTF finance uh, quacker this weekend, <laughs> giving it a run. Uh, not this weekend, next weekend. So, um, so yeah, really looking forward to get, getting back out racing at Rapuna. Um, got to get back up to speed before the season ahead. Oh, how much core work do you have to do? Uh, a fair bit. I, I need to do a lot of work in general, I think, both on the bike and on myself. So <laughs> I've been watching too much racing and not doing enough, I think. All right, girl. Thanks so much for spending some time good on honesty. race control yet again. Say day to Jakey for us. And uh, still haven't sent that invitation in the mail. There you go. Avalon Biddle uh, joining us on race control, uh, talking two wheels, MotoGP, BSB and World Superbike. Stick with us. It's 8.28. Hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, David Reynolds, supercar driver, has received all of Merv's texts, and we'll talk to him next here on SENZ. This is one for the and I'm sure David Reynolds wouldn't mind being called the man every day of the week as he joins us now on Race Control. Hey, David, thanks for joining us, mate. Hey, boys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, before we go any further, uh, little Rio, your son, is he like eight months old now? 
Ryu, yeah. Ryu, okay, sorry. I, that's, I'm glad you glad oh, you like, correct. Ryu, well, uh, eight I, months? I, I think, yeah, eight months uh, was on the weekend, but I think the correct pronunciation is Ryu, but we call him, we're Australian, so it's Ryu. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Because I, I, uh, now, cause so, okay. Give me an going, O on the end of it soon. If we're, going, if we're going to ask correct pronunciation, can you please give me the correct pronunciation of your partner's first name? Tahan. It is Tahan. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I just, just, Good research, Stephen. Well, no, well, if you... the, called, I call her the moose, which is heaps easier to remember. Well, the moose. I'm sure she loves that. I actually think it is real, but hey, let's move on. How are you feeling, mate? Uh, yeah, I'm going okay. I'm stuck in Melbourne, Australia. So, um, yeah, as good as I could be, I think. I think we just took out an award, which is the most lockdown city in the world. So, you know, we're through winning some award. <laughs> it's not getting any better with this with the, your case numbers. But you must have got just a little bit excited when Supercars announced back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back rounds at City Motorsport Park to get the season <laughs> back on track. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, you know, maybe a month or so ago, they come out and they said we're going to go to Queensland and do two races up there and then try and do two races in... Oh, no, actually, no, it was, we're going to do two races in Victoria... Um, and then sort of do some Queensland races, but then it all shut down and they had to reevaluate their plans. And I think the only thing they could really come up with was four rounds at Sydney Motorsport Park, which is, you know, everyone's probably twelfth favourite track, maybe. <laughs> and um, and then we go to Bathurst, which you know, that's that's the only race people care about. But uh, to be honest, at this point in the time in, in our year, we just want to get our season done. So it doesn't really matter where we end up as long as we can get our, you know, five races to finish our championship. Mate, it's uh, seriously challenging uh, for everybody, uh, and it's it's hard for um, the fans as well who are just, you know, just absolutely hanging out to, to see some supercars action on the on the TV. What about the team situation and, and how it's affecting, I mean, the, the operation that you're in there, Kelly Grove Racing, uh, there's a there's a big list of people that work in that operation. How's, how's everyone dealing with that um, and how are they getting by? Yeah, well, to be honest, it's actually helped us out quite a bit having this really long break because, um, you know, at the start of the year, you know, you have all this, like, laundry list of complaints you want to fix and make parts and go faster and <laughs> And when we were doing all these rounds at the start of the year, we didn't have a lot of time to sort of um, sit down and really, you know, start making new parts. So this has actually given us a lot of time to to make all these parts. And next time we turn up the track, hopefully our performance is going to be a lot better. So, you know, every time, you know, you've been there, Greg, any time you make new parts in a race team, it kind of gives everyone, you know, a new, new bunch of hope. You know, if you turn up at this, you know, the next track with the same people in the same car and haven't really developed anything, you know, what are, you, what are your chances are going to be of winning was probably the same as was it last time. So, you know, hopefully we can, um, you know, the, these parts we put in the car are going to make a big difference and we can start spearheading at the front. But yeah, to be honest, everyone's been pretty good so far, you know. Everyone's, you know, we've, we've been through, you know, some hard times last year when we went on the road for 110 days or something. So, you know, everyone's, sort of um, enjoying their time at home, I think, with their family and you know, even though they're turning up to work and doing their job and trying to make cars faster, uh, I think at the end of the year everyone realises that it's coming to crunch time, we've got to get on the road and finish this championship. Yeah, no doubt. Um, 
You were part of uh, the silly season last year, a well-documented shift um, from Erebus to, yeah. to Kelly Racing and now a Kelly Grove Racing. Um, there's been a, a hell of a silly season without any racing going on involving yeah. where you are at. I mean, that shift for you to that team and, and the and the things that have been going on there with the, the ownership change and with uh, Groves taking over and now with your teammate leaving, how's that all been... <laughs> You know, playing out for you. Have you have you been a little concerned about stuff, or you're happy with the way things are going? How's the new ownership with the the Groves in control? Yeah, mate, it's going really good. Like when I first signed the deal, you know, it was to join Kelly Racing, and then I actually had no idea what was going on in the background. I never got told anything, and um, it turned out Stephen and, and you know his family bought half of Kelly Racing. I was actually really surprised because you know, I had no, absolutely no idea that would come from you know left left. You know, left field, but I know Stephen, I know Brenton, you know, they're very, very dedicated people, are very smart people, they run a really good business behind the scenes, and I've really enjoyed them coming in and, and being part of it. Um, on the other side, Andre has, uh, you know, he's announced he's leaving the team, which was quite sad because I really like Andre, I get along with him really well, we've got the same manager, um, and I thought he was going to stay for another couple of years, but... I think because I give him so much shit about, you know, he's kind of a weird guy, he's a New Zealander. I'll take that away from him. But <laughs> um, I, I give him heaps of shit about having a, having a pet snake, and I think it, I, I wore him down after, after six months and he had to leave. He's had a gut full of me already. No, like, I constantly give it to him. Cause who, who, what kind of weirdo has a pet snake? Well, that's not cool. Even his girlfriend hates it. Like, get rid of it, man. You're kidding me, right? He's got what sort of snake, I, I, what sort of snake is it? I don't even know. A snake's a snake. A, 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 you know what a good snake is? A dead snake. <laughs> a dead one. <laughs> hey, um, speaking snake. of wearing, <laughs> speaking of wearing people down, speaking of wearing people down, you we were we were teammates for a year. You wore me down. <laughs> I left after both of you and you. <laughs> you learned so much. I know it so much. No, we had a great year, sort of. <laughs> no, you know, I just learned a lot of you because you were like the beggar, you know, the most famous person I've ever dealt with in my life, and and to see you go about your day was awesome. <laughs> actually, actually, you've opened up, you've opened up a door here for me. So, so David, what what weird habits does Murph have? Weird habits? Um, oh my god, none of them. Weird habits. Well, he's not afraid of you know telling people how he feels. Um, especially some of the fans. I remember him, some dude in the crowd. So we were doing the Bathurst lap, and um, some guy yelled out to him, hey, Greg, like, F you type thing, and Greg just gave him a finger, so like, from the car, and I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, love I mean, fans. I think, I think, I think, but they, you love that, you love that in Australia. Hey, are you, have you, We've talked about the switch to Kelly Grove Racing and the likes. Does it does it hurt to not be at the front of the field consistently? Uh, yes, yes, and no. Like it does, it does damage your ego not not being at the front of the field. But you know, you know, you're doing the team, and their prior results weren't the best. But you know, that's why you come to a team. I'd I'd rather go to a team that has that's kind of underperformed and build them up to be a performing team rather than joining the top tier team and you know having all that pressure on you of winning all the races and everything and if that didn't succeed you'd feel like a failure where this way you know you can you know it's all about the journey with with the team and your boys and everything so that, I prefer, much prefer that feeling than, than joining the big teams 
You know, Murph. They, they probably wouldn't want to take me anyway because I'm a bit of a loose cannon. Well, I don't know. I was just listening to the way you're talking. You're either tired, Ryu, Ryu as you call him, is either wearing you out, or you've just, you know, you've matured a little bit. What do you mean? Well, you sound really soft. I was expecting you to come onto the radio night and far ah, up, arc up and give oh, it to really? Murph. The high, and you're just really quiet. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, I've learned oh, something fine. new about you, David. It's 20 to 6 over here, like PM, and I'm a morning person, mid-morning person, and my energy levels tend to taper off around lunchtime. <laughs> hey, uh, are you allowed to keep... They don't come back. Oh, OK. Oh, okay. Well, no, that's, that's a fair play. Uh, so how do you think you, you've got new parts on the car? Uh, are you excited about Gen 3? I see uh, they've been testing the, the bejesus out of the, uh, the, the GM engine, and they, they can't break yep. it. So it sounds they're going to have reliable e- engines at least. Are you looking forward to that next step? Uh, yes, like obviously yes, no, pros and cons for everything. Myself personally, I'm quite resistant to a lot of change. I don't <laughs> like a lot of change in my life. That's why I've lived in the same place I had for for ten years, and I've well out, well outgrown its you know two bedroom apartment. Um, but you know there there are good things in the car. There are going to hopefully not be paddle shift. It's going to be paddle shift. I think that's going to piss a lot of people off. Um, you know, probably including Greg. You know, we're not a big fan. We want to see drivers drive the car, um, we want to see them make mistakes through the, you know, their heel and toe braking and lock and brakes and all that stuff. They talk about being road relevant. If they want to be road relevant, just put an automatic in it, put some <laughs> air conditioning, put a CD player, put a lap dash belt, make it, put a baby seat in the back. Cup holders. Road relevant. Cup holders, everything. That would make sense to me. I'd be like, okay, now they're trying to be road relevant. But I'd rather see, you know, like performance cars, hard to drive, too much power, making mistakes, crashing into people. You know, I want to see you racing that, that way. So, so like, um, uh, the new, the E-series. next generation NASCAR. No, no, the next generation NASCAR. That'd be the thing is for you. Is that what that is? is that well, pretty that much. Is it's, much uh, yeah. To way, way too much power, like 900 horsepower, you know? That's oh, the go. That's it. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Watch me stuff yeah. up this lap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, mate, we know you're tired, so we'll go like, get, have that get into bed early. Don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't forget your cup of tea and the little, little, little uh, your nanny rug as well, okay? Cookie. Just yeah. on, on the backtrack side, I, I, I am looking forward to like a, a new variation of car. I really am, to be honest, because we've had these cars since 2013, and every time yep. we. We change the rules, we change the game type type scenario. So, you know, we, we, we bring a new car in. It gives everyone a whole bunch of new problems to solve, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Cool, man. Thanks for giving us your time. And uh, give you, give a little Ryo a little hug for us, okay? I will. Thanks, guys. And to, Han, and, and to Han for me, mate. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, David. Appreciate your time. David Reynolds live here on Race Control. I can't. Can I, you can't say things like that, uh, mate. He sounds. Well, she's tight. lovely. He's. Oh, she is lovely. Uh, he's batting above. Uh, but uh, it's just. Uh, he sounds tired, man. I, 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 honestly, I was oh, quite. I, I, I was quite you, surprised. Yeah, I was quite surprised. No, but but you've you just. He he did reference it at the beginning. He's a morning, uh, mid-morning Victoria, person. Victoria. No, no, no. Victoria oh, has the, now the got the yeah. most record for lockdown days. And they just How had, could you not be? I mean, oh, we were talking about at the start of the show about yeah, how, you know, mental health here in New Zealand and, and the issues and, and what's going on in Auckland. I mean, uh, just you've got to actually <sighs> think about some of these other cities and think of Melbourne and these people that have been stuck in this rut and not being mate, able to do anything. 1,400-odd yeah. cases today. So, it's just exploded. So I'm just, you can understand it. Yeah. Oh, crikey, Dex. I can understand it every day. 
day yeah. of the week while Auckland's stuck in level three and we have, what, 45 yesterday and 19 today, and you say... What, what is the option? Uh, well, the simple option is we have, you have already discussed, is go get vaccinated and we can get yep. out of this situation and, and try get and get on with a, a, a life that we, we are used to because uh, that's what we're like. All right, uh, just a reminder, if you want to talk to us about our break or accelerate question, 0800 150811. 0800 um, We've got a text in here that says, I definitely think Lando should have been told to pit told was in caps. It seems to be specific to F1 where drivers override team orders or seem to wear the pants. <laughs> mu- mu- uh, m- multi springs to mind. Do you, do you remember I, that? No. Do you oh. remember? No. Was that, that was a code back in Red Bull days between uh, Mark Webber and, and Sebastian Vettel and it went Vettel's way, not uh, Webber's way. Yes. Ah, yes. okay. We must get yes. Mark Webber Those on. Were the we days. must get Mark Webber on to talk because he's, he's the manager, yeah. I think, for Oscar Piastri who's who's going to be a little bit limbo in limbo land if he goes and takes out this F title, F2 title because you win it, you're not allowed to go race in this series again. So, uh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure Mark would love to talk to us. All right. Well, we'll, we'll move on that one shortly. Stick yeah. with us here on Race Control. We'll t- start talking some stuff with you and we'll be back in a moment. 8.46. 8.50 on a Thursday around New Zealand, around Australia on the SEN app or the SENZ app. This is Race Control with Stephen McIver and Greg Murphy. Uh, Murph, uh, Dane Warren gets his second Supercar E-Series win. Reminds me of, I uh, wonder whether he could transfer into the real thing because uh, it brings to mind young Igor Fraga, if you remember, who raced in the TRS series, who won, uh, what was it? The, it was a PlayStation. He was the PlayStation uh, young driver and then he, he instantly converted that into being able, being a very capable racer. I wonder if Dane yeah. Warren could go and, and hop on a supercar. Yeah, it'd be interesting to um, uh, create a TV show around that, wouldn't it? You know, to scrape, grab all these guys that are uh, unbelievably talented when it comes to, um, you know, doing it virtually and um, put them in a real thing and see how it goes. I was actually having a good chat to Richie Stanaway the other day about some of this, um, and he put a, a, a pretty interesting spin on it um, from the time that he, amount of time he has spent on iRacing. And, and uh, certainly in the past, he actually stopped doing it because it was actually creating a whole lot of bad habits for him in ah. his professional side of things because the best guys in the world at, at doing the online virtual racing mm-hmm. All worked and found ways to do things um, in that virtual side of things with the tools they had that didn't correlate and created bad habits in the, the real side. Such so, as? Oh, just, just tiny little things. The way they, they drove the cars in the corners and the way that they manipulated you know, the, the throttle and the brake and the gear lever, all that kind of stuff. And, and he said he, he wanted to learn how to drive faster in the virtual world yeah. and spent a whole lot of time looking at information and data and started to understand and, and see that, that the way they were managing to do it did not correlate into but, to the way that you do it on the racetrack, and that, it was creating and, and and putting really bad habits into his driving that he didn't want to to um, obviously go down that path. And so it was, it was really time, interesting. But, but F one have sims, right? They have sims. I mean, and it's that, yeah, but that, that's, that's not a, that's not a game. It's not an i racing. Those sims are built built with you know a totally different software and proper. So, and you know they cost tens of millions of pounds mm-hmm. to build those. They're not me sitting in a seat in front of some um, you know TV screens with software that's built by iRacing. It's a very, very different situation. Actually, so, while, 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 um, we're on that, while we're on that subject, um, I, I spoke to you earlier today, and we should talk about this one, because F1 uh, looks like they're going to go ahead and allow each team to have a rookie uh, drive an FP1, but only twice in the year. So, which hmm. um, which we, you and I are thinking that might open the door for Liam Lawson at Red Bull. 
You think it has to, and I, I was reading an article um, today, uh, again, it's been, he was asked again, Gerhard Berger, who runs DTM, yeah. um, he was at uh, an F1 race, where was he, somewhere recently, and um, he had a whole lot of, you know, teams and uh, representatives from F1 teams coming up and asking him about Liam. Wow, so really? He, is, uh, he says he is 100% sure that Liam will be in Formula One, um, and this was an interview that Gerhard did with Dutch Media, but he said probably not next year, he needs a little bit more expense in Formula 2, but without a doubt, a candidate and should be in Formula 1. So Berger knows what he's looking at. Um, and uh, Liam is up again this weekend at the penultimate Ho- round at Hockenheim, which Hock- is going to be spectacular. Um, he is the junior champion because he cannot be beaten in the points. He has absolutely smashed the others out of the park in that little championship. But um, he's leading and uh, has a chance to take out the whole thing. So uh, that is going to be awesome to watch at Hockenheim in his Ferrari, Red Bull Ferrari, giving it everything. Did you know, though, which was really interesting, Audi have um, been uh, quite sneaky, right? And uh, they have brought in Brazilian driver Lucas de Grassi oh. to join the Apt Motorsport team in an Audi. Now, he just happens to be, Apt happened to run Calvin van der Linde, who is um, Liam's biggest uh, competitor at the moment <laughs> in the championship, or one of. Red, red, and, red uh, Bull yeah. versus Mercedes. Let's see if we can foil it. No, Audi. I know, no, no. Same, sorry. Analogy, though, comparison. Y- you know? Oh, sorry. Yes. All yes, right. well, you know, and, that, and and Lucas is saying he doesn't want to get in the way of the championship. You're right. That's exactly why he's there, to try and get in the way of the championship. <laughs> All right, mate. Um, are you busy this weekend before we go? I'm, uh, I'm competing this weekend. Where? On two wheels. Okay, we'll hear about that. I am, next. I am dirt bike racing. Yeah, okay, good luck with that one. That's race control for another week, folks. Stephen McIver, Greg Murphy, we'll see you next Thursday. Remember, if you want your dose of motorsport every week on radio, this is the place to be, SCNZ. See you, Murph. See you, mate.